You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. I am excited to be in the studio today. I have with me today a gentleman that needs no introduction. He is the leader with a project called Cassidy House. I'm excited to talk about that and the great things that they're planning on doing with that particular project. And he's also the CEO of History on Wheels. We've got something for the young people, for the middle age and the senior citizens on today. We're going to have a great discussion, learning uh, a little bit about our history and how important it is and some of the great things that this organization is doing. Welcome, Mr. Luther Johnson, to the show. Welcome, Mr. Johnson. Thank you. Glad to have you. Glad, glad, glad to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. You know, Mr. Johnson, we've got a lot to get into today. Um, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about the Cassidy House. I mean, we've heard about it in our community, but let's deep dive a little bit into how the name came about and kind of what's going on now with this particular project for our audience that don't know about the Cassidy House. Sure. So the Cassidy House was at the name itself was the name of the the original owners who had owned the home back in 1840s, 18, early 1840s, 1850s. Uh, I would call it the Cassidy family. Uh, and so the name has just carried over to the house because it was their, you know, family home. Uh, fast forward to the future, the house had been sold and it was being used as a rental property. And it sat at the corner of Cass and Jackson, if my memory doesn't escape me, as a rental property. Then it sat vacant for a little bit. And uh, Thornton's Corporation purchased that that property where the house currently sat and it was scheduled to be demolished, but the community and individuals in the Joliet Historical Society, among others, fought to have Thornton's um, save the home. So the Thornton's Corporation, credit to them, decided to say, okay, no problem. We don't want to store a historical relic like that. Being the oldest standing building, uh, building in Joliet, they, uh, picked the home up and moved it about five to six blocks down the street where it currently sits. And where's the currently current location of the Cassidy house? Yes. It's currently at five seventy five East Jackson street in Joliet. Uh, okay. it, it, it was moved there. It's one of those, I don't know if you ever saw when we were coming up, those, uh, move this big house on channel 11, <laughs> all these projects. Yeah. Yes. It's one of those real big to do all the people out there watching it and, it was a real spectacle um, to see. Uh, I didn't see it, but I saw some of the YouTube uh, pictures that was taken of it. It turned out to be a, a really good good save for the city. Fast forward to the future, it's been sitting now for three years, uh, and nothing has been done with it because of the COVID hit, and there are a lot of issues that came about to get this house back up to its uh, to its glory. So it was given to the Will County Historical Society, 
whom volunteered to take over the project so that this home uh, you know, wouldn't be destroyed. And just as fate has it, I walked in the Will County Storage Society to talk with Sandy Vasco about a project for Black History Month, honestly. And she just lit up salute to you got to get involved in this house. If we want it to be an African-American museum, we want someone that has passion for history, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw the look in her eyes and I said, well, let me look at it. And the rest is history. Uh, I got involved in the project, went into the home and saw that indeed it could really be a beautiful um, addition to the east side of Joliet. So we decided to take the project on. Wow, that's so interesting, the history of it, because I often wonder when they said Cassidy House, where did that come from? And not knowing that that was actually the original owner's name, um, that's, that is a piece of history in and of itself, which is, re- yeah, which yeah. is really awesome. And it is interesting when you see uh, projects like this moving from one location to the another. It's a major undertaking for that to happen. And there's a lot of people watching and uh, a lot goes into that. Uh, something like that. Um, tell us a little, a little bit about the the structure as far as it is it two story, three stories, you know, one story. What is the structure of the house like now? Um, I know there's a lot of renovations, but is it is it um, two or three stories? What's the internal structure of the house? So currently we're in its current state. It's a it's three apartments all combined into one structure. So the original first part of the building is a, if you can imagine a upstairs and a downstairs of a home that has been separated to be two apartments. Okay. Uh, modernized, it's, it's, it's really nothing historical left inside. Certain things, if you know what you're looking for, are, are remaining, but it has been remodeled for to, to be rented out as uh, apartments. Okay. The, the second addition that is attached to the house, if you ever looked it up online, it's a smaller home, uh, more, it's more of a size of a, a, a large garage almost, give or take. And it's a one level and it, that was an apartment as well. So I can imagine back in the 1850s when the home was originally built, it was one huge home. And for, the, for that time, it was considered a mansion for the size that it is in that wow. particular time period. Wow. Uh, yeah. It originally had a lookout where you could go all the way through the roof. If you can kind of imagine this in your mind, walk up the stairs and go through the roof and stand on top of the house and look out over the city through the roof. When they first built it, it, was, it probably was so beautiful when that was built that you're able to stand on the roof of your house and look in your surrounding areas. So that that structure well, the lookout is still there. The lookout itself isn't. And down the road, we plan on getting with architects and engineers to see if we can recreate that. That'll be something that I think the public will love. And uh, in the Cassidy's, uh, the ones that are still existing would love to see. This is what your parents and great, great, great grandfather looked at back in the 1800s. Now, you mentioned the family. Are there any of the descendants that are around the area or out of the no, maybe not in the area, still alive, that we can trace back to the Cassidy house? Yes. Uh, it's so funny you said that. Uh, just out of a whim, 
some of the the family now i don't know where they fall if it's a great great grandfather i don't want to misquote where they fall but they reached out to sandy vascos and they wanted some history on this home and when she shared with them that this home will be potential a african-american museum she said they got excited and there's going to be a meeting scheduled with myself and them and some plans that I have to uh, show respect to their past that I want to put in the house. And so we haven't gotten together yet, but it's on the books for us to meet with them. And they offered a letter of recommendation to the city on, on my behalf to, yes, we really would love to see our, our great, great grandfather, or I don't know where he fall or, or granddad or whomever in the lineage uh, they would love to see this house become a museum. Now, you know, it's interesting because you were thinking of, okay, you were, and we're going to get into the history on wheels, but you're a person of history and you walk into there, you talk to this young lady and she says, we have this property, but yet you have all this history, um, that you were already working with, which is history on wheels. So now let's segue into the history on wheels because this is one of the reasons why you walked into there and you just started talking to this young lady and she lit up like a Christmas tree because you there was like a merge of passions here, it seems like. So tell us about history on wheels, because that is an interesting piece as well. Sure. So history on wheels date back. I'm gonna, Before I go into it, I'm just give you a little bit of my background. OK, I, I myself am a Civil War reenactor. I reenact. World War One and some other impressions, the Cynic League that fought with the French in World War One. So my passion of history, I'm really in depth about the Civil War. And that's and we focus mainly on the roles that African Americans played throughout the Great Wars. Um and because a lot of a lot of the history, as I spoke once before, of the roles that African Americans played, it's not being taught. So one of the things I decided to do is not let that history die is to become a living history, so to speak, and talk about the the contributions that African-Americans made, you know, starting all the way back Christmas addicts up to the modern desert storm up to to the modern, you know, 20, 21st century. We talk about a lot of conflicts. Now, they're not all pretty conflicts. They're not all you know, peaches and creams. However, it happened. It's history. And our school systems are, are not talking about it. They're talking about certain things, but I, I feel that all the veterans and loved ones, white or black in, in this case, but we're focusing on the African-American side, uh, people who die should, have, should be shown homage and respect of, of giving their life. With that said, History on Wheels came about. We were wanting to show all the cool things I've collected over the last 20 plus years of being in love with history. Um, and we've been we were wanting to get children involved because whenever I do a reenactment, I have so many children come to me. Oh, my God, I didn't know. Oh, wow, wow, wow. And, and they're so excited about learning that African-American men serve. If we let Hollywood teachers, we would think that every African-American was a slave. There was only one unit called the 54th Massachusetts of glory, the movie when Denzel was in it. That's about as far as a lot of the history goes that's being taught to African-Americans. So we decided to 
start a mobile museum because with what's going on in today's world, as you know, Sheila, it is very difficult to get school children on buses these days, get parents to sign permission slips. There's yeah. not enough parents willing to travel on that trip to watch the children. We're in, that t- we're in turbulent times today, and, and, and unlike when I grew up, where we it was nothing for us to get on the school bus and go to the Field Museum, Lincoln Park Zoo. Right, I remember. Yeah, remember though, it was nothing. We, our parents signed off and said, "Hey, don't act bad. You'll have a good time." Well, <laughs> yeah, you know that's just how it is. Today though, it's changed. Costs is everything. Costs and more so, it's the fear factor. If 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 teachers and administrations will really be honest, they're concerned that this trip that was supposed to be educational, they're concerned something may happen to one of those children, and they no one wants that liability. And I yeah. understand. Yeah. With that being a major problem, we decided, well, if we can't get the children to a brick and mortar museum, we'll get the mortar brick and mortar museum to the children. Thus, History on Wheels was uh, the ride. Actually, I have to give credit and I will all, my wife is the one who came up. She said, well, let's, let's make it mobile. And when she said that, my 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 gears in my head start spinning. I say, you're right. That's it. We're going mobile, and we started about five years ago, and and we we've been we've been moving strong ever since. We we book about five to six events a year, um, and it's a lot of work because currently we don't own a mobile museum that's up and running. We we did have a small bus that died. It was more money to get the bus repaired. So we do it the old fashioned way. We load everything up with totes and we put it in my big old suburban and we we show up, we set up the displays, we we do the history, we unload everything, put it back in the truck and we wait till the next event. That's what we currently do. Now, as an actor, um, are you, you like you said, there's five or six events as an actor. Is that the main focus right now of your time or do you do other types of acting as well? Because. Um, this that type of acting takes a lot out of you <laughs> um, as a yeah. Civil War actor. Um, so is your act. Do you do other type of acting roles as well? Or do you mostly focus on, you know, the history acting type of thing? I was I was cast in a few movies. Um, and, and again, it was pretty cool. I was in a movie called the 24th with uh, Trey Byers. It talked about um, in the early 19, I think it was 1918. There was 13 African-American men who were hung down in Texas. So it's a movie out called The 24th. I was in that movie as a as an extra, but I was considered a premiere extra. Sounds fancy, right? Premiere. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good it was a good learning experience to learn how movies are filmed. Uh, I've been in several documentaries. There's one if someone wants to see me. It's on. I, I was called and it's still on YouTube. It's called When to Die. It, mm. it focused on a group of individuals out of Columbia College who wanted to know, why do we reenact? So, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I, de- I declined them several times and they just kept asking. They said, we really want your story. Why do you reenact? And so they named it When to Die. And it's a, I think it's a four hour documentary. And I've heard it was submitted to the film festival and they, they did well. I'm in another documentary called Fighting on Both Fronts. Um, the story of the 370th, which is a story of the uh, 8th National Guard unit 
that's right from the south side of Chicago, out of Bronzeville, who went over in World War One to fight uh, with the French. But that unit came right off the south side of Chicago. So I'm in other documentaries, and I get a lot of calls to, you know, be extras in movies and uh, what I'm, and I'm, you know, because I have the uniforms and I have the look, and I I know the historical proper way of how soldiers would have marched and dressed and things of that nature. So I get a lot of calls from people who want to film. Most of them I turn down, some I don't, but it, it, yeah, I do other things. My main focus though is the history on wheels and getting the word out that, you know, it's important that we don't forget about the sacrifices of the people who came before us. Now with the events that you're doing, when you're doing going to schools in different locations, how long is the actual presentation itself? Well, so it, it depends. So it, if I'm doing a Civil War event, I dress up in the uniforms and we display everything. And what I do is, for it depends on my age group, I usually give a, a 10,000 view, for, for a better lack of words, of what happened during the Civil War for the African-American people. I, I don't go into a lot of details of battles and things because children don't. They ain't going to remember a battle right. or so I just give a 10,000 view of, you know, there was 180,000 African-American men who served in the Civil War. We served in various forms of Navy, infantry, uh, cooks and things of that nature. And I just kind of paint a breaststroke of what our purpose was and why the Civil War was fought. You know, I, I get challenged more times than I care to mention the the Civil War wasn't over slavery. It was over states' rights. It was over this. It was over that. Well, anybody, most historians have finally said, yeah, it might have been over states' rights, but it was over rights to own slaves. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so to answer your question, I the, the presentations vary. I, I can go from a 10-minute presentation for whatever age group that I'm speaking with to a 45-minute for adults. Um, when I'm doing World War One, same, same situation. You talk about the roles that African-Americans played during that time. It's, it's a lot more data uh, to talk about, uh, a lot darker because of the, some of the how we were treated after the war. But, you know, right after the war, you got the 1920 riots. And so it's a lot that went on for, for black people in this country. You know, it's really interesting because as you talk about that and thinking about you know, the different time frame, things that happen. I would imagine that some of the children, um, depending on the age and things, even adults possibly, as they're imagining these these scenarios as you're explaining it, um, the impact that it would have on these young hearts and on these young minds. Is there a time or story that you can share with us when, when you did this reenactment, um, the impact that it had on a particular person or child or person of a different culture or something to the point where, they wanted more or there was something that just struck them as this is something that I need to get more information or more knowledge into. You know, you're the first person to ever ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been asked questions like that, but there is a story that's dear to my heart. And, and to, to, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I'll just make up fiction names that okay, way. Okay. That's fine. The, it protects the person's uh, yeah. privacy, That's but fine. I'll say a friend. There's a young man. I'll call him. I'll call him Dan. And um, we 
Dan grew up next door to me. I grew up on the west side of Chicago, you know, okay. in the Austin area. Went to Steinmetz High School. And one day I was out. We were, we we're about to head to Florida for an event. And I saw him. He said, hey, Mr. Johnson, real, you know, real respectful kid. He goes, um, man, what are you doing? I said, well, we, we're going to do an event in Florida to reenact the 54th Massachusetts who fought at, it's, it's, it was a battle called Aluxy, Florida, or, or Olusty. Some people say Olusty. I think the proper word says Olusty. It's in Florida. It's on the actual battlefield where the 54th Massachusetts fought. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do this event. And he was like, boy, I wish I could come. And I said, well, you can. He, and speed the story up, I went to speak to his grandmother. And she said, Oh wow, you'll be willing to take him. I said, Yeah, he's a you know, I see him all the time, you know, good kid for from what I saw. And she said, Okay, fine, he can go. Um this kid was was trouble. He was being played by gang violence. He was, you know, your typical teenager on the west side of Chicago. If you don't give him directions, others will, so to speak. And he went with us. From the moment he got out of the truck. I could see in his the excitement. You know how when you're a kid, you're bouncing and you just had not. He's never. Had, oh, let me add. He had never been out of Chicago. Oh, wow. That. Wow. Never been, out, never been. At least some people have gone to Mississippi or visit a cousin. He has never been out of Chicago. And at this time, I think he was 17. OK. Never, never been out of Chicago. So we're down in Florida and his. His his demeanor was like, I can't wait to get these white people. I said, whoa, hold on, hold on, relax. Let me share this with you. They're acting. Oh, and I say this all the time. I said, being pro-black doesn't mean you're anti-white. There's a lot of white people in this world who has died for black people. So True. I had to get him in the right mindset because, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So he was really excited. Fast forward, we get him in a uniform. We get him all shut up and he's just, I mean, he's just so excited. Here's where it gets, here's where it gets interesting. So we usually sit around a campfire. I don't know if you guys have done Boy Scouts and Cubs. It's always cool to sit around a campfire at night. Yeah. So we're sitting around this campfire and, and, and this is where your imagination has to kind of drop in his imagination. As we were sitting there, he, I, I look over and he's staring at the fire. He's got a little stick and he's playing with it. And we had just sat around and cracked jokes and laughed. And, you know, and um, so I says to him, I say, um, I say, Dan, we're 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 going to crawl in our tents and uh, go to sleep because we got a big battle tomorrow. You know, we wake up around six in the morning, do formation, just like the regular army would have done. Right. He said, OK. He said, OK, Mr. Johnson, I just want to sit here about five, two more minutes and then I'll crawl in my tent. I said, no problem. As fate has it, I climb in my tent and I woke up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. I think to use the bathroom. I crawl out my tent and I look and he's still sitting there. It's quiet in the camp. No one else is making noise. It's about three in the morning. And I said, hey, I said, Dan, you, you, you OK? He says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I just was keeping the fire going for everybody. And I just. I said, I said, well, here, take a blanket if you want to sit out. I gave him a blanket, even though it was in the summertime. It, it gets yeah. cold in the in the in the forest. Right. So, right. Uh, fast forward, we did the battle. He 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 was he loved it. He was it. I mean, he was taken back. 
um, the night of the battle, after the battle, we're we're going home the next morning, and we were sitting around, and he said, he said, he said, it is so peaceful out here. I wish I could stay. I said, man, no, I'm not staying. I'm going home. I'm, you know, we've done this a thousand. We're going home. He said, I've never. He he was looking up when he was talking to me. He said, I've never seen stars before like this. He said, they're so close, you can almost grab them. This just so happened to be one of the most clearest night I've ever saw. The stars, Sheila, were so bright that if wow. you up in a city, you've never seen stars. You, you right. never, it was unreal. You could actually make out the constellations. It was that beautiful. Wow, Sitting that's awesome. Order, looking up, and it's pitch black, no city lights. All you see is little campfires, and he will reach us. I can almost grab them. That didn't register with me at that time. I saw, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, all right, well, we're going to bed, man. We'll see you in the morning. Yeah. We wake up the next day, and um, he says, man, I, I wish I could stay here. I said, why? Wow. He said, here, I don't have to worry about being God. And I'm like, being God? What are, you, what are you talking about? He said, well, you grew up on the West Side. You know how it is. You know, you try to go home and you got to go an extra block or um, go around a different way because these guys want to get you. You go on that block, these guys want to beat you up. There's always something going on in the neighborhood. And I said, yeah, Dan, I, I can attest to that. I grew up in that situation. But you know what? You're here now. You're safe with us. He said, yeah, I wish I could stay here. Hmm. So we packed up. We came back home. And I knocked on the door and I brought him back to his grandmother. And I said, he was, how did he do? Did he act up? You get, you had permission to go upside his head. I said, no, ma'am, he was perfect. <laughs> you know, she was old. She was tough. You know, she, she was old was school, huh? Yeah. You, I said, he was a perfect gentleman. He did. Well, do I owe you any money? No, ma'am. Everything was great. So dropped him off. And I thought that was the end of the story. And I, I had to give you all that background just to get to this point that I'm about to make. Dropped sure. them off. Mm -hmm. And um, a few months had went by and I hadn't seen them. And, you know, and, and things was going on. I moved out of the area maybe two months after that to this area. This was in 2006. I had bought a home out here in Romeoville, uh, my wife and I, and I hadn't seen them. And I was in process my phone rang and it was um uh i guess i could say that dan, it was mrs it was dan? Smith. okay it was mrs smith okay. and she said um i'm i'm looking for looking for you mrs Jones. i said hey how you how you doing she says i gotta ask you a question it's it's it's, a, it's about dan and immediately my heart drops up what happened she goes no 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 she says this boy is driving me crazy. I said, ma'am? She says, he wants a library card now. He wants me to get him books on this army stuff. I'm old. I don't know nothing about this stuff. He 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 won't stop asking me to buy him these things. And 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 she said, I'm gonna tell you this. Whatever you did to this boy, her exact words, and I wrote it down on something. I she said, you need to bottle it up and sell it to the kids so they can drink it. Wow. That word. Wow. Whatever you did to him. I said, well, I didn't do anything. We just took him with us. And she said, this boy driving me crazy. And I said, okay, that, that's cool. Fast forward to the future after that. I'm at an event 10 years later or so. 
someone walks up to me and taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, excuse me. He said, Brother Johnson. I said, oh, oh, hey, how you doing? He said, you don't remember me? I said, your face look. She, he said, this is this, 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 uh, Dan. I said, no way. Sheila, this boy had joined the Army. Oh, my goodness. Joined the Army. Gotten out of the neighborhood. He had one. He joined the army. He had 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 got signed up, and had, he was a, a corporal, a corporal. Two, a, I mean, a staff sergeant, two up or private first class. One of them, but he was in his uniform. He wow. was looked like a, a brand new shiny nickel. Had gotten married. Oh my goodness! Gotten married and said to me, "I want you to meet my wife." I've told her so much about you. I told her you and these guys are the guy that saved my life because of taking me out that one time changed how I saw things in this world. Had never been out of Chicago. You changed mm. my life. Wow. Got married. And I still get goosebumps when I think about when I think about him. He had yeah. gone on to make military a career. He said, You changed my life. And I thank you for being willing to take take us out. He said, I got some sad news. Grandma passed away a few years back. Um, uh, her name was Miss Hattie. I, I just want to give her her arms. Miss Hattie had passed away. Yeah. Uh, a few years had passed. She said, but you you taking me out taught us that it was other parts to living. Other, it was another part to being, being involved in the world. And he joined the army and he got married. He was on, he was out of a uh, uh, he was in South Carolina, Fort Bend, Georgia. Fort Bend, Georgia. He was in Fort Bend, Georgia. He wanted to do the airborne. He just told me all, and all I could do, and I'm not a crying guy, I'm <laughs> not, but but the emotions welled up in, in my eyes. And and every time I think about it, this, is a kid that was on a on a one way road to as well. We know you on the west side of Chicago, it's it's tough. Yeah. But by yeah. taking him out and sharing the history and love for the history and the roles that we played in this world. And you know, there was a lot of conversation because Florida was an eight, I think it was a 20 hour drive. We're in his van. All we're doing is talking about stories. And he was asking a million and one questions mm. on the trip alone. Changed his life. And wow. that's when I knew that what we did mattered. I knew that if we can reach one, we can reach many others. I knew wow. that he would be now doing the same for another. And I told him, you owe me one thing. And I, and I, and I, and I quoted the Bible to him. I said, the scripture said, when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Mm. That's what I told him. You're converted now. Strengthen your brothers. Wow. Do for others what we've done for you. That is such a beautiful story. That is such a beautiful story. Like you said, it does give you goosebumps. It's like, wow, it does, it's just it? things happen like that. And, and, and thinking of that and the impact that you had on that young man, Going back a little bit to the Cassidy house, what are some of the internal things that you want to do in that house, in that museum, to be able to make a difference for the community um, so that as people come back and forth, I know you talked about different programs and things like that before, but what are some things that you want to do in the, in the Cassidy House Museum to make an impact on the community? Oh, well, one of the, First things I want to do, I want the Cassie House, it's, it's going to be a museum. I want people to be able to see, you know, where we come from so, so they know where we're going. Um, I want a resource center. I would love to have a resource center where 
uh, people of all ages, not just adults, but where they can come and get resources on, hey, I need help with somebody to talk to with, for one, one of my dear heart is suicide. Hey, mm. you know, is there any resources uh, about suicide? Do they can get resources about suicide, employment, job fairs, things of that nature. Um, I want to hook them up when I was talking with, um, uh, uh, with, uh, with Ticey, the, the guy that did the nutrition on where, you know, we, we're struggling. We need to get some food. How do I do that? So that's, that's one of the things I wanted. I wanted to remove some of the red tape and be able to help veterans. Uh, if they really be able to tap them in, not just say, tell them, go stand in a line to go stand in another line to the, mm. so they can tell you to stand in another line. Wow. I want to be able to work with the current mayor, um, and, and be able to tell him, hey, this is what's going on in the Joliet community. Uh, this is what our area needs. Uh, I want I want to be able to, to be able to help the community as well and share facts about whatever's happening, uh, resources, job fairs, employment. Um, and, and it all could be housed out of one building, even if it's just one person giving you the information. But I want it to be able to be more than just go talk to this person. You know what I mean? I want to be able to streamline some of the processes for those who come. It's a big vision, but I believe it can happen. Wow. That is a beautiful thing. And we are looking forward to um, seeing this, this vision come into full fruition um, with the museum, the African American Museum here within our community. Um, how can people get involved to be able to donate or to be able to contribute um, to this project and also to the History on Wheels um, with the mobile unit, because you never know, there are people out there that may have some some large RV or something <laughs> sitting in their driveway that they're not using, or they may want to donate. So how can they get a hold of you to get more information on the, you know, the reenactment that you're doing, um, the History on Wheels, the Cassidy House? Yeah, well, we have a website. It's um, www historyonwheels.org. There's a ton of information on there about what we do. Um, it talks about some of our current events that we're going to be participating in and some of the past events. There is a donation tab on the website as well. Um, we're we're going to be actually re we're going to be rebuilding because I didn't know that we're going to take off as fast as we did, which is pretty cool. So now I'm going to go ahead and pay one of these you know, hey, if there's a fancy web developer out there listening, that's the person that needs to call me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but if if that doesn't work, they can reach out directly to me. My my email is lj17 at comcast.net. I'll repeat again, lj17 at comcast.net. Shoot me an email. I respond to them uh, as fast as possible. Um and they can go to the website and then they can also reach me via the History on Wheels website if they if they want more about what we do and how to book events and uh, just to get an idea of where how what's our, our where we go. We've done an event all the way up in South Carolina. So I, I think my my um, I don't have too many fences on, on where we won't go, but it depends on what the event is. So, yeah, it's it's exciting times for us. Wow. Well, what audience, we want you to get in contact with Mr. Luther Johnson. There's so much that's going on. He has a big heart. He's a heart-centered messenger, and he has really trying to make a difference in our community with, you know, bringing employment information, information about nutrition, 
helping veterans, different resources that are needed in our community to grow and thrive, especially in the city of champions, Joliet. So, Mr. Johnson, I want to thank you so much for being our special guest on today. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net. You'll find Mr. Johnson's information on there as well. Um, please contribute to this vision. Um, this will be an exciting museum that will be going up in the city of Joliet, as well as check out History on Wheels. Um, this is something you should know about, and he is someone you should know. Thank you so much for being our special guest. Thank you for being strategically gifted and uniquely designed. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.